Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We're here for another episode. Excited to be here with you today. And we have a wonderful guest, a wonderful guest. So very excited. Her name is Stacy Valancy. And like you know, on this episode on this show we like our guests to tell us who they are and we're just gonna introduce our guest special guest stacy how are you today hi eddie thanks so much for having me i'm doing great today thank you oh yeah thank you for coming in in this uh, podcast divide podcast is brought to you by Dasius facility management that's it for management. Do you manage your property with a variety of services? Call them now, 617-237-0106 or go online at www.dasiusfm.com. Let's start with uh, Divine Purpose Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Yes, we're back with Dasis Facility Management, which is our sponsor, but we are on Divine Prepared Podcast. And like I said, our special guest, Stacey Valencia, she's with us today. And the big question is, what can you tell us about you? Yeah, so uh, thanks so much again for having me. My name is Stacy. I am a certified professional resume writer and career coach. And my focus is helping people get where they want to go to reach their career goals. Wow, wow, wow. That's a lot, a lot, a lot. So question. So do you know um, one thing I realized that, and this is a question, this is your next question. Was it your dream when you were in high school? So no, I actually did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, I always saw those traditional careers like a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer. um, And I knew I didn't want anything that was a defined track, but I had no idea what I wanted to be. Um, So, so yeah, so actually um, when I started college and I needed to pick my major, they required it when you started. I just scrolled through the whole list. It was in alphabetical order. I saw advertising. I like commercials. I clicked it. Um, I became an ad major who actually never really worked in advertising. Wow. So uh, I see that you studied in sale and then you get your way up to to where you are now. Can you take us to the journey? Or is everything started? So let's let's go with your what was your dynamic on uh, your household dynamic or, or, or like upbringing? How was it for you? Yeah, so um, I I had a really great family growing up. I actually grew up in a pre-professional home. Um, So all of my parents, it was a doctor and a lawyer. So that's why I said, you know, I always saw those career tracks, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Um, So over time, I was always involved in different sports and different groups and different things. But um, when I got to college, like I mentioned, I became an advertising major. I was just involved in a lot of different clubs and organizations. Um, I was always social and active. And so 
um, somebody actually that I met suggested that I do an internship in sales. So one summer I did an internship in sales. I sold coupons in a coupon book, not super glamorous, um, but <laughs> it was super fun. Um, and I got to go out there and meet people um, and talk to people, which is what I love to do. And so, you know, over time I sold everything, starting with coupons and the coupon books to apartments, to houses. And then someone found me on LinkedIn and recruited me to be a recruiter, which I thought, great, this is like selling careers. Yes. Um, it's, so it's not, um, but that's kind of how I've gotten my upbringing into sales. And that's how I got into the career and human resources arena. So, and we're going to go deeper into like your background. So where exactly did you grow up and did, did you have any siblings? And then, then you mentioned you were very involved in sport. Was it competitive in the house? Tell us uh, about your background. Yeah. So I grew up in South Florida where there is one season all year long, summer. Yes. Um, so um, I grew up with a brother, one older brother, and we were uh, we got along really well, but we were definitely competitive. Um, <laughs> we never actually played the same sports, which is probably good. Yes. Um, you know, I played soccer. He did track. I at one point was in figure skating. He was in hockey. So we were always kind of near each other, but never um, directly competing. Yeah. Uh, but I was always, you know, involved, not just in sports, but different organizations and clubs on school property, um, different groups and, you know, into that kind of translated into my college career as well. Um, just all different things, social kind of events that I could be a part of. I was always really involved in anything I could get my hands on. So um, let's let's um, I know we we sent you a few questions, but um, the way we like to kind of it's like a, a journey. Stacy is taking me, our audience to a journey. So let's talk about challenging. And I feel like um, you're playing sport and, and sport is very challenging, especially if it's if it's competitive. But can you tell us about like three major events? in your life that really challenge you? Um, so yeah, so when I think of events in my life that really challenged me, um, I definitely think one of the biggest ones is probably when I started in sales. Okay. Um, even though I loved talking to people and getting out there and meeting people, I was a sophomore in college. So I mm. was the ripe age of 19. Yeah. Um, and I was going out there talking to business owners and I was being rejected a lot. People would ignore me, yell at me, tell me to leave their store. Um, wow. And I wasn't, you know, harassing them. I was trying to show them, you know, a product that could help their business. Um, yeah. But that was definitely one of the first challenges that I vividly remember facing. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that because I know it's like frustrating when you had like a job to do and and you have an optical along the way. So how did you go over it? What did you do different? Yeah, so um, what I started doing is shifting my mindset um, and realizing that a couple of things. One, rejection, they weren't rejecting me. They were just rejecting the product or maybe they were just rejecting that moment in time. Yes. Um, and some of these people I went back to with maybe a different approach or I scheduled them meeting and then they were more apt and I actually converted them into a sale 
And then the other thing that I discovered is that um, with a lot of these rejections, you know, you try to convert them or go over the um, objections, find out what the real root cause is. But then I really learned that the second best answer to yes is actually no, because that way I didn't just waste my time hounding the same people all the time. I worked at it. I tried to overcome the obstacle. If I really couldn't, maybe I come back to them later or maybe I would just move on and again, know that they're not rejecting me. They're just rejecting the product or this moment in time. So um, one thing I I was thinking is to ask you is what was your favorite childhood memory? Did you have one you would like to share with us? Favorite childhood memory? Um, That's a tough one. I think one of my favorite childhood memories for sure is um, at some point when we were kind of moving houses and me and my brother were sharing a room. Um, We had never shared a room before. We always had our own space. And um, my parents were a little worried that if we shared a room that maybe we would fight or maybe we would want our own space. And then what actually ended up happening is that what nobody saw coming is we ended up staying up all night playing and talking. So eventually they had to separate us because we just wouldn't get any sleep because we were having too much fun together. Wow. That, that's, that's good. That's a good one. So um, can you tell us what was your process to choose your college? I know you finished high school, excited now. A lot of people applying for different colleges and they have rejection. Some have a lot of offers. What was it like for you? Yeah, so um, when it came down for me, I mean, the, the one thing about Florida is there's the Florida prepaid program. So if your parents kind of sign you up when you're a kid, you lock in that tuition rate. So yeah. my parents had done that for me. And there's a lot of colleges in the state of Florida So it made financially sound sense for me to just stay in the state. Um, So what I did is I started researching the different colleges. I toured the different colleges. um, And actually, of course, my brother decided to go to the University of Florida, (laughs) two years older than me. So I did tour other colleges. I applied to other colleges, but that was my number one pick as well. Um, because I love the school and it was a really great educational program, but also it would be nice to have my brother there for two years. So, um, any, any advice you would like to share with people who's like just starting their career, maybe they're in the process to choose like a college. Yeah. So, um, I mean, those are, you know, when it comes to choosing the college, it's like a kind of a personal decision. I, I would say just go visit, talk to people um, and try to learn where maybe is the right fit for you. And when it comes to starting your career, I mean, just go for it. I think the biggest people uh, the biggest problem that a lot of people have is what I like to call paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. They spend so much time thinking like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? What What's the right fit for me? Yeah. Um, and I was in three or four different jobs before I launched my own business. So just get started somewhere, do something. If it works, then, you know, keep learning and growing from there. And if it doesn't, you can always shift and go somewhere else. I'm glad you you mentioned my next question is like, how did you get to start your own business? Yeah. So um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I was always in sales. Eventually I was recruited to become a recruiter. And I loved what I did. I loved recruiting. But what I found is that there were so many people I would talk to that were awesome candidates, but they weren't a 
fit for the actual role I was hiring for. And so I was kind of helping people on the side with their resumes and their interview skills. And one day I just realized, wait, this is what I should be doing. So I actually quit my job, my Fortune 500 company job, mm-hmm. um, went all out on my own. I went back and I got my MBA um, and I started my company where my focus is on working on the candidate side and helping people get where they want to go. So can you tell us more the name? I know we're going to put it on, on the screen, but so the backstory. So I know you went back to get your MBA now. There's no paycheck coming up, right? Coming in. So you on your own. What was it like for you? Oh, that is a scary moment. Um, a lot of people, when they start their own businesses, you know, it starts as like a little side gig or a side hustle. And then eventually you make enough money where it turns into your full-time job. Yeah. Um, I'm not that kind of person. I'm the kind of person that I need to just commit to something. So when I quit my job and started my company, there was no backup plan. So I knew that this is what I needed to make work. And I knew that this was my passion. So I could make it work. So I was in school getting my MBA part time um, and also starting the business um, part slash full time with no backup plan. Um, and luckily for me, between my network that I had already built, I started out getting a lot of referrals to launch my business. And then I started building a little bit of a presence on LinkedIn. Yeah. And from there, it's just grown exponentially. So what what is it name? What's the name of your business? Next Level Career Coach. Yeah, I think that's what's going on now, right? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about it. So what what can people learn, and how you can help them? Absolutely. So when people come to me, they're usually at some sort of pivotal moment or some time that they're ready to make a change. So they have a target in mind, whether it's just a new job at a company or switching careers or maybe staying in the same job, but like a different industry. And so what I do is, like I mentioned, I help them get where they want to go. So we work together on resume writing, mock interviewing, and LinkedIn profile optimizing to help them get from point A to the targeted point B. Wow. So, and this is very fascinating and, and I like it. The reason is, is because when I was, um, maybe studying in my career, there's a lot of things I have to learn on my own. So how important is it to have somebody like you in a new, new professional that's like embarking their career to make sure they, 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 they get to, to their goal and be successful. Great question. So the way that I would kind of explain it is like taking the fast pass option at a theme park or taking like the sun pass or the easy pass on the highway. So you could just get there from point A to point B, chugging along, going slowly, doing it on your own. Maybe it works. Maybe you get to that front of the line. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. Or if you enlist a coach to help you, you can kind of learn everything a little bit faster, jump ahead of the line and just get where you want to go quicker. So, um, and thank you for, for your answer. One thing we like to say in this, uh, on our podcast is like where everything is thrown at you in life and then you realize, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm need, I need to do. So did you remember what kind of trigger you to say, oh, no, nah, I need to start my own business. I need to help other people. I need to focus on my passion. 
Yeah, so I was always kind of doing this on the side, helping friends and family. And then um, while I was a recruiter, I was kind of helping to teach some classes on campus at the University of Florida on best practices from resume writing and mock interviewing and such. Um, But there was one week I remember where there was just a lot of people that I was interviewing and they were all really great candidates, but they weren't a fit for what I was hiring for. Um, And I was able to see, you know, their skills and their experience through their resume, but it wasn't really the strongest document. And that was the week that I discovered, wait, I need to help people like this and I need to do this full time. So instead of trying to fit people into my little hole of what I was recruiting for, I needed to get out there and help people with their goals. So I know you on the other side and you're not going to spill the beans. <laughs> so when like you had the recruiter hat, right? What exactly you're looking for? Do the company give you uh, like a characteristic what they need or is it up to you to find the right candidate? Yeah, so every recruiter and recruiting firm is a little bit different, but the way that I would explain it is on kind of on both sides, there's a little bit of art and science. So there's definitely the science part is that you're looking for certain skills, certain characteristics, certain verbiage or keywords on the resume, um, certain experience, maybe even certain credentials, depending on what you're hiring for. And then that art part comes from actually the person, the human being, because at the end of the day, there might be that ideal candidate But somebody who might come from a totally different background that doesn't actually fit the normal mold might be the right fit for the job after you speak with them and really discover that they have the right personality. And then you can coach them into being successful in the job. So which of your accomplishments are you the proudest? So the accomplishment I am definitely the most proud of, I know we already talked about it, is definitely starting my own business with zero backup plan. Um, I don't recommend this for people unless you're a little bit crazy and a lot determined, Um, but definitely getting that off the ground and making it, you know, a profitable and successful business. And I consider success by helping people um, within the first few months is definitely the thing that I'm the most proud of. So let's let's go uh, a few layers down this. You said um, without a backup plan. What does that mean? So that means that I launched my own business. I did not have a job. I did not have an income. Um, I actually didn't know what I would do if this didn't work. I didn't know if I wanted to go back to recruiting or what my other plan was. So I just jumped into this full force and was thinking, this has got to work. And if it doesn't work, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, this is what I believe in. And I believe in helping people. So that's why I jumped in with both feet. So what would you, what what is the best compliment you ever gotten? The best compliment I've ever gotten and I've I luckily have gotten this a few times is that I am small but I can command a room. Um, I am only five feet tall. I am a very short statured individual, um, but I am very not just loud, but I am definitely proud. And so when I go into a room, whether it's giving a talk to a bunch of people or a presentation on something or even just working one on one with a client, um, the compliment is always that I am able to command the room, even though I'm probably the shortest person in it. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's quickly go to this. So one thing I, I, I realize is on business is exciting. 
but there's that anxiety part of it where things are not going your way. And maybe you had like a different, maybe your expectation were that high and then you realize and say, oh, this is how it is. So did you have a moment where you had to readjust yourself? So that's a great question. Um, I've been really fortunate in that I haven't had too many anxiety leading moments. Um, what I can tell you though, what I did have one that is definitely a little nerve wracking is the best part about owning your own business is that you're in charge of your own destiny, your own hours, your own pay. But that means that if you don't work, you're not making any income either. Yes. Um, so earlier this year, I actually had my first baby. Oh, um, and, <laughs> and I took off three months from work, um, which meant that three months of no income, um, yeah. which was fine because I had planned for it. Uh, but it's definitely a kind of anxiety inducing feeling that if you're not working, there's no income. So when you're your own uh, boss and you know that you want on time off, you need to proactively make more money or get more clients to prepare for the time that you're going to have less. Okay. Wow. Congratulations on, on having uh, your first baby. So I know it's exciting. So now I don't know if you're back to work or you're still on vacation uh, or maternity leave. Is it or, or was it for you to kind of combine both? Because I know having a baby is very demanding. It's like uh, that's your life. That's your priority. But you still have to work. Or do you manage both? Yeah, so I'm back to work full time um, and I do manage both. It was really nice to have the first couple of months just to really spend time with him and, you know, recuperate myself. Um, but right now it is definitely a little bit of a balance. So I work during the day and I do have childcare coverage. But what's really nice again about what I do is because I build my own hours and I work from home, I get every morning with him at a certain time. I can kind of close my laptop, clock off and hit that and spend time with him. Um, there's no work on the weekends unless I want to work on the weekend. So it's a balancing act for sure, but it's nice to be in charge of it myself. No, that's that, that's great, and that that's the best feeling ever to to have a newborn. Definitely. Um, now let's um, talk about. Okay, now you start your own business, but you have to set your salary. The reason I like to go in this process because uh, I'm I'm a, I have my own business too, and now I say, okay, how much I do I pay myself? You know. So what was it? to kind of get break down your salary saving and then how to try to grow the business because you you wear multiple hats you the owner you might be the advertiser you can be the marketing lady you know you're doing everything is it for you what was it for you to kind of make sure you know how to pay yourself for your time your service and then how to save for the business did you have a loan or did you start it on your saving or was it your, your, your like um, financially or did you start with the business? Great question. So this is where a lot of what I learned in my MBA actually helped me because I was able to kind of utilize that knowledge. I took some courses on um, business and entrepreneurship. And what I did from the beginning is I tried to build myself the most lean business possible um, with the minimal amount of expenses. 
Um, I am a one woman show. I just hired a resume writer to assist me with some projects. But for the last three plus years, I have been founder, CEO, advertiser, marketing, client relations, writing, mock interview coach, the whole nine yards. So um, my focus, though, from the beginning was always to try to figure out how can I help people as quickly as possible and spend the least amount of money And truthfully, this is where LinkedIn really came in for me because I don't spend any money on marketing or advertising. All I do is build connections on LinkedIn. I post regularly with real stories and real thoughts and motivational um, texts. And from there, I've been fortunate to get my uh, clients and then they refer me to other people. Um, And so over time, I've been able to build a very, very lean business where I can help a ton of people without spending a lot of money. So which one thing you wish you knew when you were, when you first started your, your, your career, like one thing you say, Oh, I, I wish I knew this before I started. So before I started my career, I wish somebody told me to just go get started in something. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when I got started in sales and then it didn't work out and I was nervous and I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I was trying to figure out what I should do. And that's before I started just selling apartments and leases. Um, I was in a moment of, oh, no, I don't have any other experience. I don't know what I want to do. And if somebody just told me, it doesn't matter, Stacey, just go in there, get started. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's totally fine. That would have definitely eased my panic. That's the advice I give to other people now. Um, but definitely, you know, just knowing that if it works, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And either way, it's just a job. It could be your career, but it could just be another job. And that's cool, too. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing, because uh, the reason we like to hear real life um, experience, because this will help our audience grow and help them with their confidence. So next question is like, do you feel like people, there's a misconception about business? In terms of, oh, you need to have everything figured out because before you start a business? Yeah, so that's definitely what a lot of people think when they're launching their own business, that they need this elaborate business plan and they need to have the budget and the goals and the strategic marketing. And yes, for some businesses, that is true. You do need a really detailed plan. You do need budgets. You do need maybe property and equipment and things like that. But there are plenty of other businesses like the one that I run where you don't necessarily need a big plan. All you need to do is figure out what's your goal, help people. How am I going to do this by offering these services? And then from there, you know, kind of figure out your process in terms of having the intake call, doing emails, doing follow up calls. So I think that with most or I shouldn't say with most, with some businesses, you do need that detailed plan. But a lot of the times you can just jump in and kind of edit your thoughts and your plan along the way. So um, because I feel uh, and you know that, too, nobody know everything and we're going to talk about mentorship. So who was that person who was at your corner stone? That person when you had like a million questions unanswered and then they were the one to kind of guide you to, to the perfect answer you wanted to hear. So I've had 
a lot of really amazing mentors over the years. I've been really lucky. Um, and I think that really stems from asking questions and really listening. And like you mentioned a moment ago, no one knows everything. I always like to say, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so every time I got to a pivotal moment or a question, whether it was starting my own business, making a new hire, working in a different industry, whatever it was, I sought out family, friends, or even professional connections, had phone calls with certain people and would just listen to their story and listen to their advice. And over the time, um, I built a couple of really strong networks that are really strong mentors that have really coached me through a couple of uh, situations in order to keep me growing forward. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. So is there anybody in in your circle who is you don't have to say their name but you can describe them in terms of that person when you wanted to throw in the towel you wanted to give up and that person will never let you give up sometimes you hide some stuff from that person so because they're not gonna let you give up is there is like somebody like like that in your circle that's like uh is a big influencer in your life and it always motivates you to go forward and pursue your goal? So, um, of course, my whole family has been really supportive of everything I do. I've never wanted to throw in the towel, but there's definitely been difficult days um, where maybe I've had difficult phone calls or difficult clients or um, just kind of, you know, those tough days that you have to power through. I've been lucky that they've mostly been positive days, but they do happen. They happen to everyone. Um, and definitely when it comes down to it, it's been my husband always who's told me you could do this. You could do more. You could do this. You could do more. Um, he is not on the business side. I don't really think he fully understands how the business runs or anything. Yeah. Um, but all he knows is that I love what I do and I help people. So whenever I have a difficult day where maybe someone's being rude to me on the phone or just some sort of struggle, he's always there to refocus me and remind me of what my purpose is um, and really make sure that I stay on track and that I quickly get out of that funk and stay positive. So let's we're going to go deep on what you do. You like a um, resume writer, you're a coach. So. This is a time to pitch your service to our <laughs> to our audience. So, yeah, so what can you do for them? So what I do is I help people get where they want to go. So if you have a specific job or career target in mind, you say, okay, I really want to move from being sales in the medical professional to selling technology tools. Or maybe you're a teacher that wants to pivot into being a trainer. Or maybe you're an engineer or IT leader, human resources, marketing, and you're at that mid-level and you really want to advance to that director level. What I do is I help you get there. And the way we do that is through building you a strong targeted resume that works. Um, I'll coach you through a mock interview session to make sure that you're prepared with the right questions and the right answers. So that way you nail the interview. And then I'm also here, there to assist with LinkedIn profiles to make sure that we enhance your searchability and your engagement online. Wow. So this is next level. 
and you want to share the website with our audience? Yeah. So next level career coach, um, it's just next level career coach.com. Um, you can always go ahead and reach out to me through the website. That's the fastest way to get me. Alternatively, you can find me on LinkedIn, Stacy Valancy, be like Victor, um, A-L-A-N-C-Y. Search me out, follow me, connect with me, message me. I'd love to, to connect with you and have a conversation. Yes, uh, excited. Uh, this is Eddie Dacius with the Vapid Podcast. We have a wonderful guest, and like you hear about uh, Stacy Valenci, she will be here with us, and we'll take a break and come back. Uh, this is Eddie Dacius. Stay tuned. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and, in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Hey, this is Eddie Dacius. Uh, once again, we have Stacey Valencia with us, and we're going to go deeper on our conversation, and we're going to make sure that um, we, 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 we try to make this podcast like a journey. So when somebody listens to this podcast, they're going to learn more about who you are in the personal side, and then what can you do for them as a professional so let's talk about um, your, um, because there's a lot of writers and resume writers out there. So what's the important skill? Somebody, let's say I'm, I'm looking for somebody to help me with my career. What should I be looking for so I can know I have the right person for me? Great question. So just like a lot of careers, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of really great writers and a lot of writers that definitely can use a little bit of improvement. Um, I would say that when it comes down to who you should look for, um, a couple things. Number one, a credential. Um, I do have my certified professional resume writing credential. There's also one by the National Resume Writing Association. Um, the people who have their credentials typically have to pass a test and they are more current on best practices for resume writing. Another uh, thing that I would say is just have a conversation with somebody to actually figure out who is doing the writing and do they understand what your job is? Because there's a lot of writers out there that really specialize, you know, they really understand IT or HR or marketing, but they don't really understand maybe everything. So have that conversation with someone, make sure they understand what your goals are, and then, you know, figure out if they're credible by looking on Google is a great way to see people's real results and, you know, real star reviews. So that way you could check out, are they going to be a good resource for you? 
um, and thank you because I feel like looking at this um, as a in the outside, and I never use one, but uh, I feel like I'm, I'm as I'm going um, bigger, and then I'm I have more goals because you mentioned LinkedIn. Um, all important is networking. I know you might have a great resume, but all important do you think is networking? So networking is really important. And again, it's kind of like that fast pass analogy. It could really help you get where you want to go much faster. Um, if you think about the fact that for some jobs, there's hundreds or maybe even thousands of people that are applying online just like you, anything you can do to stand out is going to be important. So having a strong resume with the right keywords and the right accomplishment statements is going to be awesome. But also if you have any sort of connection, whether it's a direct referral into the company or someone that you meet through LinkedIn, that's going to help you, you know, rise above the stack of other applicants and set you apart. So because you, you said keyword, the reason I, I'm trying to focus on it, why a keyword? So how do you know the right keyword? So when it comes to the keywords, those are important to get not just past the ATS program, applicant tracking software, um, which is what a lot of companies have as almost like a resume screening tool. So you need to get past that. But also human readers are looking for certain keywords as well. So, for example, if you're applying for a sales role, they're looking, the computer and the human are looking for things like prospecting, relationship building, negotiating, closing. If you're in marketing, it might look like something like building awareness, driving sales growth, um, you know, and, and human resources. It could be about building cultures, employee engagement, benefits administration, and so forth. So what's important is to highlight the right keywords for both the human reader and the computer system to show that you have the right knowledge, skills, and experience for that job. Wow. <laughs> Great job. Great job for explaining. So let, let's go to this um, question. Do you think that because there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of writers out there, but do you think somebody who really has a good resume, because you mentioned both, you, you mentioned the skill for interview but which one is the best, like which one is the most important if you have to choose one between a good resume or the skill for the interview? So that's going to be a tough one because the whole point of the resume is to land an interview. And yeah. then the whole point of the interview is to secure the job offer. Yeah. So you really need to have be good at both in order to get from point A to point B. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook on this because I feel like, yes, if you have a good resume, that's that's the first thing they see. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you think? Yeah, go ahead. So the resume is that first impression. So that's going to be important. Um, but if you can't close the deal in the interview, you're not going to get the job. So it is definitely a, you know, a tough conversation because both are going to be important. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it might come down to the company or the hiring manager because your resume might be subpar, but maybe they know you, you're a direct referral. They know your skills and experience, even if it's not presented properly on paper. And so your interview might matter more. Alternatively, if they know you and you have a strong, maybe you have a strong resume, but yeah. your interview skills aren't as good, but you don't really need to 
interview or communicate that well if let's say you're a back-end support professional who's mostly going to work on the computer if you could do your job and you could do your job so uh, um, I think both are equally as important but it might come down to the job at hand in terms of which one is going to be most important uh, don't worry I'll defer to you you poor <laughs> right, so uh, I had a friend I had somebody I know um from from my class uh, I'm a project manager and she said she was saying to somebody else but I overheard him talking and she never did an interview she always has referral and she get the job yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead go ahead So that I've heard a couple of times as well. Um, I've also heard the story that I've had a couple of people that have never actually had to build a resume before because they've always just been tapped on the shoulder, had a referral, gotten in for a job. Um, what I would say is that those people who never had to build a resume, never had an interview, I mean, give it up for them, give them class, they deserve it. The fact that they've always just networked so well um, and built out such a great reputation that they didn't need any help and they didn't need any of those interview skills or the resume document. But I would say that those are kind of those exception to the rule stories, not the traditional stories. So that might happen to you, but there's a more likely chance that you will need a resume and or, you know, to practice your interview skills. So I would definitely tell you that it's better to prepare that in advance because there might come a day when you kept getting tapped on the shoulder and selected, but then all of a sudden someone asks for a resume and then that's not the time to start building it. The time to build it is now while you actually remember all of your skills and accomplishments. Wow. You, you're doing a good job explaining everything and, and I like what I'm hearing. So next question for you now is... How do you build a resume? So hear me out. It's like, okay, I know for me, okay, I pass a different job and then now I need this. Um, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm looking for to be a project manager. Do I look that on my experiences and then bring it in the resume? So what's your magic on? Because this become an art, like you mentioned it, to create uh, the perfect resume. Yeah, so the resume, it's a little bit tough because you need to have enough information on there to get past the ATS programs and excite the human reader, basically get called in for an interview. But you don't want to have so much information where you have a 17-page document and it's overwhelming to read. So you really have to be strategic in terms of what you include and what you're going to just share maybe in an interview conversation. What I would say is when you're looking at um, building a resume, a couple of things that might, you know, that you might want to really consider and focus on. Number one are those keywords for the ATS programs and the human reader to make sure that you do align with the job at hand. Number two would be uh, accomplishment statements or any sort of success or impact that you've had. And number three, think about your recent information as being a little bit more relevant because what you've done in your last, let's say, five to 10 years is going to be more important to focus on than maybe what you did 15, 20 years ago when the technology was different or the processes were different. So, and, and then I'm going to put you in that um, recruiter seat again. So, okay, you get maybe three, three candidates in front of you in terms of their resume. One is one page. The other one is like two pages. 
and the other one's like 10 pages. <laughs> so I would, the 10 page one, I would never read. I never get past the second page most of the time. I mean, sometimes there is an exception. Um, in terms of going past two pages, it could be for an executive level candidate, like a C-suite executive, um, or maybe someone who it's important with, like, let's say a research position where their third page might almost be like an addendum of publications. But the majority of the time, the rule of thumb that I usually follow and what best practices indicate is that if you're between one to three years out of college, typically it's a one-page resume. And then after that, it should be a strong two-page document. Wow. Wow. Thank you for the tips. Because um, I feel like people don't know exactly where to hand, the way to stand because they don't know. But that's why they have Stacey Valencia. If you guys want to succeed, look out for next level career coach and go on our website for more information. So now we will go with hot topic. Hot topic is like a segment where we talk about, um, you know, tab not taboo in your case, but like very deep, um, questions because, um, so yeah, let's go for hot topic. <laughs> Eddie Dacius with Diva Podcast with Stacy Valencia. So Stacy, um, I heard that people say the ATS program is rigged. Is rigged? Yeah, I like to say, um, it's like I'm not saying rigged, but maybe biased. It's so a lot of people think the ATS program is like some evil robot that's like going to take over the world. Um, and that is a big misconception because the ATS program is actually set up by the recruiter or the hiring manager. So a lot of the times people think that it's just this evil AI that, that they don't know how to get past. But most of the time, the way that it's built out is someone on the recruiting team actually inputs the information it should look for, whether it's amount of experience or certain keywords or whatever it's looking for. It's actually set up by a human being. Wow. So and then can you go in detail what exactly it is? Yeah, so ATS programs are applicant tracking software. Um, it's different based off the software, but the general idea of how it works is the same. So what recruiters or hiring managers do is they input certain things that they want the resume to screen for. So it might be certain keywords like that they're looking for that they need to make sure they show up multiple times or at least one time. Um, it might be job titles that they've held in the past. It might be the years of experience that they've held in the past or certain certifications or credentials. So usually a human sets up what they wanted to search for, and then the ATS program screens or parses it. And then depending on the program, they either pull out certain resumes to share with the recruiter, or sometimes they give like passing grades. I know that yeah. one of the ones I had in the past was like a percentage where a match, um, and it would be red, orange, or green. Um, and so just depending on the system, will depend on what the final output looks like. Wow, wow. Okay, so uh, so networking versus resume. Who should who will win? Networking versus resume. This is like the big debate nowadays. Will is the resume dying? Are we gonna kill the resume? Um yeah. 
at the end of the day, I think the resume is still a very important living, breathing document because at the end of the day, you could network and you can meet a lot of great people. But I've been in tons of situations and so have my clients where we've kind of heard where you network, you build this awesome connection. And then right before you have that conversation, somebody says, hey, by the way, can you send me over your resume? So networking is going to be important to help you stand out above all the people applying online. But you're still most likely going to need to send over some type of document. So the resume is not dead yet. So um, I I went to a convention in Las Vegas. So I posted on my LinkedIn. What well, great experience! But um, I met somebody, and then he because I wanted his card so we can network. And then he he had a smart business card. He tapped it on my phone, and then next thing I know, all his information is already in my phone, and I just added on my contact. Do you think? resume gonna get to that path or is gonna be mostly LinkedIn? So um, I think the resume is going to start slowly evolving. I still don't think it's gonna be replaced, at least not that quickly, with things like um, just tapping it onto your phone or a video resume, which is what a lot of people are talking about as being additional things these days. Um, I still think that like kind of paper or PDF kind of document, Word document is going to exist for quite a while. Um, What I can see though, is for some organizations are kind of just pulling your LinkedIn profile, downloading that, and that can be used as your resume. Um, But because not everyone's on LinkedIn, not everyone updates LinkedIn enough, um, and not, you know, all the different uh, types of industries and careers aren't necessarily as active on LinkedIn. Um, I think that it could be a supplement or, a, you know, replace it for some people, but not for everyone. So having that document is going to be important for a while. So, um, and, and, and I, I was thinking about, so what do we do for um, LinkedIn in terms of, um, because LinkedIn has become like a big, very huge um, platform for professional to to network to um, make sure they they look for opportunity. So, do you think net um, LinkedIn is uh, very important for somebody who's starting their career? Yeah, so LinkedIn is the place to be, especially during the pandemic. A lot of um, networking groups and organizations moved to LinkedIn. That's an easier way to connect. Everything became virtual. A lot of things have stayed virtual. And so it's really important at any point that you're at in your career to at least update, have a picture, have your headline, and then put something in your about section that, you know, details about you. At the bare minimum, you know, having that information along with your job titles and, you know, companies is going to be really important because that way you can network with more people without actually leaving your house. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think so too, because um, like I said, LinkedIn is very important for people. So now do you, okay. So we, we work hard to get that resume done by Stacy Valencia. Right. And then now they're asking me for a cover letter. (laughs) How important is a cover letter? So the cover letter is another fun discussion. Um, I mean, some of the stats I read say, up to 50% of cover letters that are submitted aren't even read. In some cases, they're being parsed or screened through the ATS program. In some cases, they're not. Um, so at the end of the day, you just never really know how important the cover letter is going to be. 
So just assume that it's important as assume that it's going to be read. But what I would say is that keep it simple and it just should be something that goes a little bit beyond your resume, really emphasizes your candidacy. And it's your chance to say, I'm a good fit for you because. Yeah, so the whole point of the resume is to make sure that you're a good fit for the job. Um, And so like I kind of mentioned about having the right keywords throughout and having relevant proof of success or accomplishment statements is gonna be important. But if you think about it, If you're applying for the same type of job or job function, the resume that you're gonna build is going to work for all the different jobs. So what do I mean by that? If you're a project manager, if you pull 10 different job descriptions for project manager, you're gonna see things like, let a project from start to finish, manage budgets and schedules, handle project scope, communication, strategic planning, problem solving. So these are all the information and all the keywords you should really have in there. And then you also make your accomplishments, talk about what you've done with project management. So maybe like manage 10 projects at a time with budgets between 500,000 and a million dollars, you know, making sure that it's really super relevant. Um, You can always make adjustments each time when you're applying for jobs. But in theory, if you're applying for the same type of job, it really should work across the board. Wow, that that was great. That was great for our segment, um, hot topic. Um, Stacy, you did really good. Really, you did really good. Really appreciate it. Um, this is hot topic with Stacy Valencia. All right, so we are closing in. We getting. At the end of this episode, we're very excited to have Stacy Valencia. So we're gonna have some fun into to kind of see, um, get a glimpse of who you are. Can you share favorite books? Um, three three books you will recommend to our audience. Sure. So three books that I would recommend. Number one, Eat That Frog. It's a book about not procrastinating and doing the most tough thing of your day first, which I always do. So I love that book. Um, Made to Stick. It's a kind of a marketing and advertising book, but it's really just a fun read for anyone. It's about why you remember certain things over other things. Um, So I would highly recommend that one. And one of my all-time favorite books, this probably speaks a little bit to my personality, is You Can Negotiate Anything. It's just a really good life book um, and it teaches you certain skills and how um, you can communicate properly and negotiate anything really in any kind of situation. Wow, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Stacey. Very, very, very good on this. And I think our audience will definitely enjoy those books. Any movies? You Are you a movies fan? You like movies? No? Um, I love movies. Um, my preferred genre, though, is across the board. Everything from rom-coms to thriller and suspense to feel good movies so it's hard to pick my top three for sure um but i guess for me it just depends on my mood um what i can tell you is one of the movies that i always come back and watch no matter kind of what mood i'm in um i'm a big fan of remember the titans i just think the whole storyline and um, (laughs) the feeling of it and the feeling that you get watching them and the team get better it's just like i am just engulfed every single time that i watch that movie so do you have let's say do you have any experience where you help somebody and 
they they were in a like very bad spot in terms of okay their resume and then you really have them get to where they wanted to yeah so this is the majority of the people that i work with i mean some people are super happy with where they are or um they're content with where they are and then they get to a better situation but i've worked with a lot of people who are um over overworked, underpaid, not happy in their current situation, the job, the industry, the company, whatever it is. Um, and I love getting messages and emails all the time telling me how big of an impact that I've made just, you know, not just in their professional career, but I'll get messages from people telling me that because they're in their new role, making more money and they're happier, that their family life is better. Now they're trying, they're trying to start a new family. They're thinking about moving or whatever it is that this new role and this new career has really helped them, not just professionally. Wow. Well said. Is there a question you wish I asked you today? Um, yeah. What is my favorite thing to do? And what do I tell people is my fun fact outside of work? What is it? So I'm going to answer that. I am a huge donut aficionado. So every time that I go to a new city, my goal is to find the top donut in that city. Usually that means eating a couple along the way to figure out which one's the best. Um, but that is what I consider myself as my part-time gig is figuring out the best donuts per city. All right, so I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna plug anybody, but you should come to Boston. Then <laughs> you should come to Boston and figure out. I think we have the best donut in in the in the nation. But I don't know. There are some good options. There's some good options in uh, Ohio and really growing up in South Florida. There are oh, some wow. great donut places in Florida. Oh wow, wow, wow! So that's that's a contestant. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Stacy, really appreciate the time. And last word for you. I'm sorry. Last word for you. Oh yeah. So um, thank you so much for having me here today. It, this has been super fun, and um, really, my goal is to help people get where they want to go. So um, check me out, nextlevelcareercoach.com. Feel free to network with me or follow me on LinkedIn. Um, and just remember that if you're ever thinking about making a change, you don't know what you want to do, you're, you're a little confused or you know what you want to do, just go in, get started. And if it's the right fit, great. And if it's not, that's fine too. Wow. Well said. Thank you, Stacy. Really appreciate it. This is Divine Pepper Podcast with Stacy Valenci. This is Eddie Dacius. Thank you for this great time and we learn about you and your career. Definitely, we had a good a bless and we, we wish you success and um, see you next time. <laughs>